know, just quickly, as you know, your uh, strong supporter, former Secretary of State Madeleine Albright, said the other day uh, that there's a special place in hell for women who don't support other women. Do you agree with what she said? Well, look, I think that um, she's been saying that for as long as I've known her, which is about 25 years. Uh, but it doesn't change my view that we need to empower everyone, women and men, to make the best decisions in their minds that they can make. That's what I've always stood for. And when it comes to the issues that are really on the front lines uh, as to whether we're going to have equal pay, paid family leave, some opportunity for you know, women to go as far as their hard work and talent take them, uh, I think that uh, we still have some barriers to knock down, which is why that's at the core of my campaign. I would notice, just for a historic aside, uh, somebody told me earlier today we've had like 200 presidential primary debates, and this is the first time there have been a majority of women on the stage. So, you know, we'll take our progress wherever we can find it. I liked that answer, by the way. Uh, 8886-LESLIE, 888-653-7543 is the number to join in the conversation. Brad Bannon is my co-host, and he's going to uh, – is he with us, guys? He, uh, he, okay, great. Brad Bannon runs Bannon Communications Research, a polling message development and media firm. They help labor unions, progressive issues groups, and Democratic candidates win public affairs and political campaigns. And he recently, in addition to being poli-sci professor at Suffolk University in Boston, has acquired a new position as a weekly blogger for EpicTimes.com. Check it out, EpicTimes.com. He formerly wrote for U.S. News and World Report, as I did. Uh, he's also a lecturer, as I mentioned, in political silence. Oh, uh, why am I putting you at Suffolk? You're at Salem State University uh, at Poli Sci. Boy, that's a commute. I'm not going to say where you live, but I know that, that Salem's north and you're south. That's a commute, buddy. <laughs> uh, it is a commute, but um, I like the school a lot. Very good students. It, it, it is a very good school. In Salem, it's so it's, – it's just uh, the House of Seven Gables and the Witch Museum. And, oh, I love it. Uh, my my boy. Boyfriend in college was in Salem. I used to go there, you know, a lot of weekends when we, you know, weren't staying in the city to go visit, uh, you know, his parents and stuff. Anyway, I have, that, a, I have a question about Salem. Ab- about about my ask. boyfriend in Salem and during college. No, no. <laughs> about Salem. They have the witch museum there. Yes. Since Carly Farina is not running, is that where she? Oh, goes? yo! Oh, Mark, are you being a sexist pig? No, I just think if you're just was, being a sexist pig. If there was a more nasty, well, I've not heard a lot of male witches, to, to be fair, but I just they're warlocks. Aren't they? I could not think of a meaner person who's run for president in a, a long time. I, I'm sorry, but I'm so happy to see her go. She was one of the most nasty, just vile people. The stuff she said about Hillary Clinton, the lies she told about Planned Parenthood. I mean, good riddance as far as I'm concerned. Is this a good time or not to tell my witch dating story? Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> what? D- let's do it. It's Friday it before O'Donnell? Valentine's Day. Is it Christine O'Donnell or whatever her name is? Uh, years ago. Uh, for the record, before I got married, um, I uh, went on a blind date and uh, met for dinner at some restaurant, and we were chatting, and all of a sudden she stops the conversation and says, um, I need to tell you, um, this is how she said it, I'm a witch, but I won't turn you into a frog. What? <laughs> and, and, Brad, uh, and, then, and Brad's like, check. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My reply was, well, I'm Catholic, but I can't turn your water into wine. Uh-uh. <laughs> That's pretty good, Brad. <laughs> now, if you weren't my friend, Brad, I would stake out the date and go on a second date with you after that line. That was good. Uh, that, <laughs> that's uh, that's real. Oh, that got, that, that's, uh, that's so funny. All right. Now, now, this has nothing to do Valentine's Day, but... You know, we're gonna we're gonna talk the debate. Um, I guess we should just get to the debate. I'll tell my dentist story another time. Uh, <laughs> or should we tell that? We'll tell at the end. Um, anyway, um, Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders. In uh, you and I are both pro Hillary for full disclosure. Who won the debate in your professional Democratic strategist opinion last night, Brad? Well, I think uh, Hillary won the debate, and mainly because her closing argument or statement was one of the best I've ever heard in a debate. Uh, and you know that. What about the closing heard. argument? Uh, for those that maybe didn't, you know, see it or you know, or hear a soundbite of it, what 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 about it did you uh, feel was so uh, compelling and such a winner? Well, first of all, it was the delivery, but she did say uh, in her close, and this is certainly a reference to Senator Sanders, uh, I am not a one-issue candidate. Uh, I'm a candidate for all Americans. Uh, it was a very good line, and she de- 
delivered it. She looked comfortable and confident, uh, and it was a great close. Uh, so, like I said, so so many uh, things to talk about. Well, you just heard a clip, um, and uh, you know, should women vote for her because she's a woman? Uh, we're going to talk about this later. I know there's going to be overlap between this and next hour. Brad, there is a reality that whether it's Bernie and her standing on a stage for the nomination or if she gets the nomination and stands across from a male because Carly's gone, that whether it's a man or a woman voting, there is that mindset subconsciously that a man, it's a man against a woman, whether it's Bernie against her now or any of the GOP guys in that circus on the right against her later. Would you agree? Uh, yeah, th- that's where the media will play it. And, you know, I mean, I, uh, this was uh, during the 2000, uh, it was just after the 2012 presidential election. Um, I asked my class uh, whether they thought it was more difficult uh, for um, a woman to get elected president um, or a black person like Barack Obama. And I just assumed uh for whatever reason, that they will all say, because I, I thought, you know, probably being black, given the history of racial discrimination. But my students felt overwhelmingly uh, that, uh, you know, men, uh, male and female students, that it was a lot tougher for a woman. Yep. Sexism over racism, unfortunately. Brad, we'll be back with you and you, America. Don't go away. We've got to get unaccountable money out of politics. We agree that Wall Street should never be allowed to wreck Main Street again. But here's the point I want to make tonight. I am not a single-issue candidate, and I do not believe we live in a single-issue country. I think that a lot of what we have to overcome to break down the barriers that are holding people back, whether it's poison in the water of the children of Flint, or whether it's the poor miners who are being left out and left behind in coal country, or whether it is any other American today who feels somehow put down and oppressed by racism, by sexism, by discrimination against the LGBT community, against the kind of efforts that need to be made to root out all of these barriers, that's what I want to take on. And here in Wisconsin, I want to reiterate, we've got to stand up for unions and working people who have been at the core of the American middle class and who are being attacked by ideologues, by demagogues. Yes, Does Wall Street and big financial interests, along with drug companies, insurance companies, big oil, all of it have too much influence? You're right. But if we were to stop that tomorrow, we would still have the indifference, the negligence that we saw in Flint. We would still have racism holding people back. We would still have sexism preventing women from getting equal pay. We would still have LGBT People who get married on Saturday and get fired on Monday. And we would still have governors like Scott Walker and others trying to rip out the heart of the middle class by making it impossible to organize and stand up for better wages and working conditions. So I'm going to keep talking about tearing down all the barriers that stand in the way of Americans fulfilling their potential because I don't think our country can live up to its potential unless we give a chance to every single American to live up to theirs. Thank you. Now, I love her already, but what I heard there, Brad Banner, my co-host here at Every Friday, what I heard there, Brad, was maybe somebody who had looked back at her debates, saw her pluses, pluses, saw her pluses, saw her minuses, and and really decided, I'm, I got to hit that ball out of the park tonight. And I, I really felt she did. I, I was always taught, whether in talk radio, at debates especially, before I was in talk radio and on television, calm wins. Would you agree with that? I mean, I think her being calm showed a level of professionalism and, dare I say, presidentialism. And, and oh, yeah. I, and, and I, I got to say, I, I, mean, right. I mean, Bernie's face was as red as – Senator Sanders' face was as red as a beet, and he just – for me, it was a turnoff that he was so angry. Yeah, well – I think you're exactly right, Leslie, and, and let me tell you why. Uh, 
you there's obviously discussion of all sorts of issues uh income inequality uh gay rights uh foreign policy uh what we should do or not do in the middle east but when push comes to shove a lot of the vote, a lot of people make their mind and say they look and listen to the candidate and the question they have is which one of these looks like and sounds like a president of the United States and I agree with you I think that's why Hillary uh, Clinton's clothes was so compelling last night is she looked and sounded like uh, you know very composed uh, very sure of herself uh, president of the United States and looking presidential is half the battle uh, I agree. Uh, Brad, we have a lot of people calling, and let's take some of those calls uh, this afternoon. Um, and uh, we go to uh, Robert in Miami, Florida, on line four. What's Hi, Robert. Good afternoon. afternoon. Hi. Good afternoon, Robert. Welcome. Thank you for joining Brad Bannon and I. You're very welcome. You're very welcome. I just wanted to comment on a couple of things from the debate. Um, to, to be honest, again, I'm not, I'm not uh, for uh, either Bernie or Hillary, but I do want to say as somebody who's not partial to either, I think Bernie Sanders took it. It's really not a good look that uh, Hillary Clinton's uh, son-in-law, uh, even though that doesn't give her direct affiliation, any Wall Street ties, but her son-in-law is a hedge fund. Uh, does the, I think? Are I, you? Wait a minute. Fund. Are you serious? Are you serious? You're going that, now. You're now. You're going to say the son-in-law? What if her son-in-law was incarcerated? That has nothing no, 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 to do and, and with her. But that's the thing. That's why before I said what I said, I said not that it has any direct affiliation. I just said it wasn't. But the a good fact look. that you even mentioned it. I mean, do you happen to know everything that Senator Sanders' wife or children do or have done or any of his relatives? I mean, he's not even a relative. He's her daughter's husband. And let me tell you something: as somebody who will not mention names, yes. I got a lot of power choices and marriages in my family that should not be held to that individual running at left, right, Bernie yeah. Hillary. Yeah, and that's, and that's just one thing. But the other thing was when she told, uh, she, she stated that I can't believe that you would disagree with uh, uh, the commander-in-chief or with President Obama. And let's face it, Hillary Clinton has disagreed with Obama plenty of times. And, and, and Bernie Sanders put her out there for that. And I don't think that was a good look for her either. Okay, uh, uh, Brad, uh, you know, I, I think you'll agree with me on the son-in-law thing, Brad. Uh, but oh, also I'd like you to weigh in regarding President um, Obama. Uh, clearly the president's endorsing her, even though he may not have said it outright. I mean, a spokesperson has. Uh, and uh, in addition, they, they worked very closely together as any president and secretary of state would. So to um, our callers, two comments, Brad. Well, yeah, the reality is, uh, you know, in during the uh, 2008 primary, uh, they became very bitter rivals. They could hardly exchange a hello to each other by the end of the Democratic campaign. Uh, but uh, uh, Barack Obama recognized uh, that she had incredible talent and gave her, you know, the first or second most important cabinet position as Secretary of State. And from what I hear, uh, they worked very well together. They had a very comfortable uh, working relationship. And I do believe that if uh, uh, you force Barack Obama to say say it, uh, he would endorse Hillary Clinton. I don't think he will, but I think he sent a signal with his press secretary endorsing Clinton. I think that was a pretty clear uh, circle. And I agree, you know, I agree with you on the brother-in-law. That, that, you know, that, that's way beyond the pale. Yeah, the son no, son-in-law. I mean, seriously. It's sort of like trying to hold Bill Clinton responsible for his half-brother's uh, decisions and actions, or Jimmy Carter for his brother. Um, absolutely ridiculous, and I don't just say that because they're two Democrats. Let's go to New Mexico. Line one is Garrett. Uh, Garrett, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Um, and uh, I know you want to chat about the Democratic debate. Awesome. What are your thoughts, Garrett? I do. Um, uh, before I get started, I do want to say vote blue no matter which two. <laughs> But, um, oh, I like what, that. Vote blue no matter which queue. I agree with you, absolutely. But, um, which two? I think you said which queue. Some concerns with Hillary. I, and it's just, I, I, lo- I love her. I really do. But what, what's really confusing me is she keeps pitching that she can get it done, she can get stuff done, she has a track record. And I know the Republican, if neither one of them have really long coattails, I think they're both going to have trouble getting stuff through because, yes, Bernie calls himself a democratic socialist. But the Republicans have spent tens of millions of dollars and 20 years trying to destroy her. Why would they work with her now? Okay, I want to answer this and then Brad will weigh in. One, Hillary Clinton 
whether they like her or not, is one of, unlike Ted Cruz, one of the most respected politicians in Washington, despite the partisan politics you see. She was able to work with Republicans when she was a senator. A lot of people like her personally very much, like McCain's, even McConnell. And I believe that because she has had to work with the Republicans, um, that she w- and has been able to get things done and has had to work with the Secretary of State and even as First Lady to a degree, that she will be able to do that. Bernie, on the other hand, as you can see, ju- the number of delegates and superdelegates Hillary has speaks to the level of support and respect that she has in the House and the Senate and among, current, uh, among past presidents, not just her husband. Uh, but when you when Senator Sanders, although he's caucused with the Democrats, he is an independent. He has been an outside of the box guy, and he has actually fought hard against Republicans and not not working with them or trying to work with them. He's even fought against his own. So between the two of them, I feel that Hillary is more able to have an olive branch accepted that she would extend across the aisle. Brad. Well, yeah, I I agree. Uh, you know, and, and I'd add something to that. Uh, you know, listening to the debate uh, last night in the previous debates, uh, both Bernie Sanders and Hillary Clinton uh, have made uh, commitments to do all sorts of things, uh, free college education, uh, you know, all sorts of uh, very progressive and, and good ideas in my mind. What I think they should really be talking about is, yeah, we know that, um, but how are you going to do that in a, with a Republican-dominated Congress. Uh, and I think Hillary Clinton makes the argument that she uh, has a more ability to stretch across party lines uh, and deal with Republicans. Uh, and you know what? Next president, whoever it is, uh, with Bernie or Hillary, are going to have to deal with a very hostile Congress. And so uh, we better think, get them to say how they plan on doing uh, what they, what they want to do. Uh, Garrett's phone dropped. Garrett, you can give us a buzz back if uh, uh, if um, uh, you uh, you know had a problem with your cell phone there. Um, I just want to share a tweet, at least, and I'm not going to mention the name. Another female talk show, as you can figure it out, the, there's only one other liberal right now. Uh, is objective? You are ridiculous. You know, relatives are not off limits, regardless of what's fair. First of all, Shred of Truth, who tweeted that, you're an idiot because you're not listening. Get a Q-tip and take the wax out of your ears. This is typical when a man listens to a woman talk. Here, here's the thing. You know, relatives are not off limits. Nobody's attacking her son-in-law. The caller was saying that because her her son-in-law works on Wall Street, dot, 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 ergo, she should be held. No. We, you know, anybody running for office, and I will say it again, should not be held responsible for the actions of their spouses, their children, their children's uh, relatives, because it's not their action. It is not there. It's different if it. It's it, it's different if she, you know, co-owned a company on Wall Street with her son-in-law. Totally different. So when you say they're fair game, no, I don't agree. Relatives are fair game. I don't think it was right for Chelsea Clinton or Amy Carter to be attacked as they were by the media. Absolutely not. I'm a mother of a seven and eight-year. Absolutely not. My husband's a surgeon. He's never been sued. But if he was sued for malpractice, do and if he were arrested uh, for killing somebody on the operating table, manslaughter, and called off in cuffs, should I be? And should I, if I'm running for office, should I be? You can't, can't have a separate set of rules. Each individual, as an adult, is responsible for their own actions, their own choices, and I maintain that. And by the way, I am objective, uh, but I'm also subjective. I'm a talk show host, not a journalist. I was a journalist, and although I have a master's in broadcast journalism, my job is to opine. So I am very objective about issues, but I'm very honest about my opinion with regard to them. Uh, Brad, uh, let's talk about uh, this tweet uh, that, you know, uh, you know, relatives are not off limits. I mean, seriously, how far do we go? Do we say 12 cousins three times removed are in prison? Therefore, this person shouldn't run for office because somebody's incarcerated in their family eight degrees of separation ago? Uh, well, I absolutely agree with you. I don't think uh, Hillary Clinton uh, should bear any responsibility uh, for her uh, son-in-law. I think that's has not. It's like it has not. It's apples and oranges. They, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, I, I agree with you on that. Uh, you know, I think it is also an example uh, of 
of how sexism uh, intrudes into a presidential race. Uh, here you have Donald Trump on one hand, uh, basically saying that uh, Hillary, there's something wrong with Hillary uh, because her husband um, acted like a jerk when he was president. Um, and, you know, no one said, hey, um, you know, Donald, tell us about your three wives. Uh, you know, the first one uh, that you uh, uh, gave up on and you dated your second wife while you're still married to your first wife, and that didn't work out, so, you know, tried it again. I guess three is the charm. And I'm amazed how little flack Trump has taken for that, considering the fact that he's making personal issues uh, about the uh, relationship between Bill and Hillary Clinton. And personally, I think Hillary Clinton deserves a lot of credit uh, for not bailing out. And Absolutely. Do you know why? Do you know why she hasn't bailed in addition to the fact she loves him? Um, and, and, and by the way, there are women who stay with men who beat them. There are women who, who there are many women who hear my voice right now that are with a man or stayed with a man or would stay with a man who cheated. Okay? Um, I have a family member very close to me who I will not name whose spouse cheated on them and they made the decision to stay together. Their marriage is stronger and it's better than it's ever been. I commend them. I'd kick my husband to the curb. I'm sure he would do the same for me. But that's a personal choice. And I don't think whether you're applying for a job at a company or as president, that your spouse's indiscretions should be held against you. And I think it's also very telling and sexist of America to hold her, uh, Hillary as a woman's male husband's uh, choices against her, um, but nobody's holding Donald, like you said, accountable for the fact that he cheated on both his first and second wife, and he impregnated his second wife while he was still married to the first and had three uh, children. Um, uh, Brad, always a pleasure. to. Oh, by the way, so, uh, uh, and, and, and if Hillary Clinton is responsible for Chelsea's choice in a mate, does that mean if Chelsea has an abortion, Hillary's responsible for that choice too? I mean, I mean, do you even have to ask? Questions? You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, because the, the the guy tweeted again that you know, you know, she, you know, she has to be held responsible. You know, so if, if Chelsea marries a, a complete loser, which this guy is not, he's a hedge fund manager. So for some of you, would be a loser because Chelsea married a hedge fund manager. Um, how does Hillary get you know responsible for that? I don't know about you. I have a seven and eight year old. They don't listen to me now. I would imagine when they get married, they're going to do what they damn well please because they're adults. And that's part of the freedom of being adult. You make your own choices and you make your own mistakes. Mommy and Daddy don't clean up your messes anymore. I'm Leslie Marshall. He's Brad Bannon. Brad, we love you. Have a great long President's Day weekend. Thank you for stopping in today, for being my co-host, as you are every Friday. Brad Bannon, by the way, everybody. You can follow him on Twitter at Brad Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N. BannonCR.com is the website. Facebook.com forward slash Brad.Bannon, the number one, uh, to like him there. We welcome back Nicholas Wapshot. He's opinion editor of Newsweek, also an author. His newest book is titled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II. You can get his book two places, Amazon.com, but also go to www.wwnorton.com forward slash books. More than a pleasure to have back with us, Nicholas Wapshot. Hello, buddy. Happy Friday. And to you, Leslie. <laughs> uh, th- yeah, thank you. Thank you for being with us, sweetie. Um, I, I want to, uh, before we talk about what we originally were going to chat about in this hour, and because we do have an hour, um, I want to talk about the debate a bit last night and, you know, get uh, some of your uh, takeaway. Um, Coming up in South Carolina, race minorities and their votes are really going to matter if you get them or if you don't for both Hillary and for Bernie. Uh, Quickly, I want to play some cuts from last night. Uh, Here are Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders and what they would do to improve race relations in the United States from the debate, the Democratic debate last night on PBS. I think President Obama has set a great example I think he has addressed a lot of these issues that have been quite difficult, but he has gone forward. Now what we have to do is to build on an honest conversation about where we go next. We now have much more information about what must be done to fix our criminal justice system. We now have some good models about how better to provide employment, housing, and education. So I think what President Obama did was to exemplify the importance of this issue 
as our first African-American president and to address it both from the president's office and through his advocacy, such as working with young men and Mrs. Obama's work with young women. But when you have childhood African-American poverty rates of 35 percent, when you have youth unemployment at 51 percent, when you have unbelievable rates of incarceration, which, by the way, leaves the children back home without a dad or even a mother, clearly we are looking at institutional racism. We are looking at an economy in which the rich get richer and the poor get poorer. And sadly, in America today, in our economy, a whole lot of those poor people are African-American. So race relations would be better under a Sanders presidency than they've been? Right, absolutely. Because what we will do is say, instead of giving tax breaks to billionaires, we are going to create millions of jobs for low-income kids so they're not hanging out on street corners. We're going to make sure that those kids stay in school or are able to get a college education. And I think when you give low-income kids, African-American, white, Latino kids, the opportunities to get their lives together, they are not going to end up in jail. They're going to end up in the productive economy, which is where we want them. Nicholas Wapshot's our guest opinion editor of Newsweek and also author. His latest book is titled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist, and The Road to World War II. Nicholas, uh, Bernie Sanders, I mean, Hillary has like a 30 percent uh, lead, despite a lot of people posting that Bernie Sanders surges in South Carolina. I'm not seeing evidence of that. Um, and although he has had some very powerful uh, video by Erica Garner, Eric Garner's daughter, and he has had some support from some congressional leaders, black leaders in South Carolina outside, such as uh, Keith Ellison in Minnesota, who's not only black, but a Muslim, uh, do these endorsements and do these conversations in a debate like what? he would do to improve race relations in America, and even what she would, do they help either of them or change the dynamic of what we're seeing numbers-wise in the polls uh, going into South Carolina and elsewhere, in your professional opinion? I suspect that it's uh, too late for Bernie Sanders to catch up in terms of what has for the Clintons, both of them, but Hillary, obviously, uh, some decades' work of uh, years' worth of work. Uh, with the African-American communities, all the way from Arkansas through D.C., through New York. Uh, she has put down such roots among the African-Americans. And similarly, she has uh, worked amazingly closely with Hispanic groups. But I think that for a Northeasterner like uh, Bernie, uh, a thoroughly white state, Vermont, as you could see, I don't know, did you see yesterday on the TV when the Black Caucus sort of lined up behind Hillary. Yes. And the disdain with which they mentioned uh, Sanders, saying where was he during all the big events of the uh, civil rights campaigns and so on all the way through. And the message was, you know, the Clintons were by our side, and uh, Sanders is a Johnny-come-lately. So I think for all his soaring rhetoric, and and by the way, he's amazingly good at diagnosis, isn't he? He uh, understands exactly uh, what's wrong in society, but actually what he doesn't then say, he, he, he produces the goal, or he produces the problem, then he produces the goal, but I'm afraid that he then doesn't move on to what uh, Hillary is almost tediously good at, which is sort of laying down the sort of inch-by-inch progress that can be made and how it can be done. I'm not surprised that she hugged the president ever more closely at the debate, as well she might. First of all, I think that it's genuine. I think that uh, Obama and she did get on very well together. Uh, you can see a sort of electricity between them when you, when you see them sitting with each other and joking. I don't think it's put on. And the other thing I think she's right to, uh, and this isn't just for African Americans and Hispanics, it's for people like you and me, Leslie, uh, a much broader uh, number of voters think that uh, Obama is a good and well-intentioned man and has taken uh, that wonderful thing, grace under pressure, having been abused roundly by the Republicans for nearly seven years, longer. Uh, uh, I think that uh, what Hillary did, rightly, and all the Democrats would agree, is that she actually stood up for him and said, you know, I'm not going to, just because it's fashionable and change is in the air, I'm not going to abandon, actually, a very decent man trying to do a very good job. So that, that's my take on it at the moment. Well, let's listen to what uh, Hillary Clinton did last night. She was very critical of Senator Sanders for, and, and claimed he was attacking and had attacked President Obama. Uh, this is from last night, cut three. 
I want to I want to follow up on something having to do with leadership because you know today Senator Sanders said that President Obama failed the presidential leadership test and this is not the first time that he has criticized President Obama uh, in the past he's called him weak he's called him a disappointment he uh, wrote a forward for a book that uh, basically argued uh, voters should have buyer's remorse when it comes to uh, President Obama's uh, leadership and legacy. And I just couldn't agree, <coughs> disagree uh, more uh, with uh, those kinds of comments. You know, from my perspective, maybe because I understand what President Obama inherited, not only the worst financial crisis, but the antipathy of the Republicans in Congress. I don't think he gets the credit he deserves for being a president who got us out of that ditch, put us on firm ground, and has sent us into the future. And it is a the kind of criticism that we've heard from Senator Sanders about our president, I expect from Republicans, I do not expect from someone running for the Democratic nomination to succeed President that Obama. Is Uh, Madam Secretary, that is a low blow. Last I heard, we lived in a democratic society. Last I heard, a United States senator had the right to disagree with a president, including a president who has done such an extraordinary job. So I have voiced criticisms. You're right, maybe you haven't. I have. But I think to suggest that I have voiced criticism, this blurb that you talk about, you know what the blurb said? Blurb said that the next president of the United States has got to be aggressive in bringing people in to the political process. That's what I said. That is what I believe. <laughs> president Obama and I are friends. As you know, he came to Vermont to campaign for me when he was a senator. I have worked for his re-election, his first election, and his re-election. But I think it is really unfair to suggest that I have not been supportive of the president I have been a strong ally on him, with him, on virtually every issue. Um, Nicholas, uh, I, 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 you know, that was to your point uh, that she and Obama have a good friendship, and we're going to talk about perhaps support from him in a bit. So hold that thought. But one of the things that bothered me was it, it was almost like Bernie can attack Hillary, but when she does, that's a low blow. And um, I want to play one more, and this is. Sanders attacking Hillary Clinton on friendships that she has made with former politicians and, and, and former, uh, you know, bigwigs in Washington. Uh, this is cut number four, guys. In the last debate, I believe in her book, very good book, by the way, in her book and in this last debate, she talked about getting the approval or the support or the mentoring of Henry Kissinger. Now, I find it rather amazing, because I happen to believe that Henry Kissinger was one of the most destructive secretaries of state in the modern history of this country. I am proud to say that Henry Kissinger is not my friend. I will not take advice from Henry Kissinger. And in fact, Kissinger's actions in Cambodia, when the United States bombed that country, overthrew Prince Sino created the instability for Pol Pot and the Khmer Rouge to come in, who then butchered some three million innocent people, one of the worst genocides in the history of the world. So count me in as somebody who will not be listening to Henry Kissinger. Well, I know journalists have asked who you do listen to on foreign policy, and we have yet to know who that is. Well, it ain't Henry Kissinger, that's, that's fine. for sure. That's fine. You know, I listen to a wide variety of voices uh, that have expertise in various areas. I think it is fair to say, uh, whatever the complaints that you want to make about him are, that with respect to China, one of the most challenging relationships we have his opening up China and his ongoing relationships uh, with the leaders of China is an incredibly useful relationship for the United States of America. So if we want to pick and choose, and I certainly do, 
people I listen to, people I don't listen to, people I listen to for certain areas, then I think we have to be fair and look at the entire world because it's a big, complicated world out there. And yes, people we may disagree with on a number of things may have some insight, may have some relationships that are important for the president to understand in order to best protect the United States. When we come back, we'll talk about what scholars have said about Henry Kissinger, what his accomplishments are, and a question I have that I think Nicholas will answer and probably go, I think you're right, Leslie. We'll see. Nicholas Wapshot's our guest from Newsweek. He is also an author. We'll tell you more about his book and where you can get it when we come back. Quick break. Back to him. Back to you and your calls. 888-6-LESLIE. 888-653-7543. Life, liberty, and the pursuit of truth. The Leslie Marshall Show. Give her a call now at 888-6-LESLIE. author. His latest book is entitled The Sphinx, Franklin Roosevelt, The Isolationist and The Road to World War II. You can get it at Amazon, but you can also get it at www.norton.com forward slash books. That's not www. That's www.norton.com forward slash books. Nicholas, thank you for holding. Uh, Welcome back. There are a few things regarding Henry Kissinger. Um, One, Henry Kissinger was very prominent. His actions actually helped bring about the ceasefire that was negotiated in Vietnam, however, not often given credit for that. And um, I, I think it's essential uh, that he be given credit for that. Um, he may not have done well with regard to Cambodia, but he did do well with regard to Vietnam. There are scholars that have ranked him one of the most effective United States Secretary of States uh, in, in the 50 years, and that was through last year of 2015. Um, and, uh, you know, so this is an, uh, an individual I agree with her with regard to China, who if she sought the advice of, um, yeah, I don't have a problem with that as, as a liberal, to be honest. One. Two, um, in, in addition to that, Bernie Sanders has the youth vote. Dare I say, how many millennials even know who the hell Henry, Henry Kissinger is or what he did? I couldn't believe he – and then three, hitting below the belt, he's a, he's a – Attacking her for somebody she said that she sought the advice of in her book? I think great leaders, I mean, Barack Obama has talked to George W. Bush and Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton, George W. Bush, I mean, current presidents have talked to presidents before them. Both Democrats and Republicans, regardless of the ideology and the party of the president in office, because they've had the job before, just like Henry Kissinger had the job before. Nicholas? I agree with you, Leslie. <laughs> As you predicted, that's exactly what I would say. I think that Bernie really gave himself away, didn't he, when mentioning Dr. Kissinger? Because it wasn't merely that he had a tin ear, and you're quite right. I mean, nobody under the age of, you know, 50 will care or know Henry Kissinger as much. In the world of foreign policy, of course, he's an amazingly important person and remains still a sort of silent ambassador to China. Any president would be mad to uh, not consult Henry Kissinger when dealing with China. Uh, And he's here, and it's free, as it were. I mean, he's on the doorstep. Uh, He lives about three blocks away from where I'm standing right now. um, But what Bernie gave away was the fact that he's in some sort of time warp. I mean, no one's cared about Henry Kissinger, apart from Christopher Hitchens, my dear friend, since the the 70s. It's not important. These are old battles. And you can't help thinking that a lot of Bernie Sanders' campaigning is to do with storing up old grievances, things that he's kept banging away out for decades and nobody's taking any notice of him. And he's finally got himself into a bit of fresh air where he can get these things out. And they turned out to be really old, ancient, uh, tedious business like Kissinger. Uh, I think that uh, one thing that has not been mentioned much is that actually that, uh, there was a time not long ago, maybe six months ago, when he was worried that Hillary Clinton's age was going to be a, a disadvantage for her. Well, the fact is that 
Bernie, who is not only older than her and looks older than her, but is stuck in this strange time warp, uh, only stresses actually how much she has stayed on top of things, notwithstanding how old she is. So uh, I'm afraid that's another round to Hillary. And you're quite right about the hypocrisy about, uh, you know, low blow, for goodness sake. In, in any case, this is only a pillow fight compared to what was happening over on the Republican. Yeah, I think, I mean, if it's a low blow that she says, look, you've attacked Obama because she's trying to appeal to blacks, it's a low blow that he's um, implying that she would send children back to violence in countries to get the Hispanics to like him. Uh, let's yeah. um, uh, let's take a call. We'll hear them, and then we'll take a break, and we will respond. Helen in Ithaca, Line 3, thank you for joining us. Good afternoon, Helen. Hi, good afternoon. Um, I heard you describe yourself as a Hillary girl, I think. I am a Hillary supporter, correct. Okay, I'm, I'm, for, I'm for Sanders. So. That that's fine. At least we both are supporting a Democrat. Yes. In the in the end, uh, I don't want any of the clown caravan to get into the office. And I'm so. with you there. If Senator Sanders is the nominee, I will cast my vote for him. Yeah, but I think Hillary Clinton. I don't believe. Uh, also, like she and I, we grew up like just a few miles from each other. She's from Park Ridge, Illinois. I'm from. Oak Park, Illinois. I know that is. I, I lived in Chicago four years, so I know the geography of uh, the suburbs. Um, you know what, Helen? We're going to take a break and uh, hold on. We're going to let you respond. It's just uh, I had less than a minute there. I was trying to be, I was over overzealous about how much I could fit in. <laughs> We're going to take a break. We'll be back with our guest, Nicholas Wapshot. Our calls uh, to you joining us here on the only two democracy and talk radio straight ahead. 8886 Leslie's the number. We're talking the Democratic debate and we'll talk some other issues that haven't been talked about all as much. After this, we are back. Nicholas Wapshot is our guest, opinion editor at Newsweek. Let's get back to the calls. We were talking about Helen and Ithaca, and Ellen, you were saying you're from the Chicago area. You and Hillary Clinton uh, are from uh, neighboring neighborhoods outside of Chicago, and that you're a Bernie supporter. But go ahead with your comment, Helen. Yeah, well, she's she's a bit older than I am, but um, I, I think that all the low blows, and, you know, below the belt shots have been committed by her to Bernie Sanders. Well, I think that's common because you're pro-Bernie, and I think people that are pro-Hillary feel no, the, feel the no, other way. What, 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 was low, what was low blow? I didn't hear her attacking okay. any personal relationship he had. All right. So well, we'll, right, we won't even get into Kissinger right now, and I, it's not my radio show, so I don't have an hour to talk or anything. But, like, she's criticizing him for not having his own grandchildren because he married this uh, widower. Wait, wait, when did she criticize him for not having grandchildren? Or his own she, grandchildren. She did. I heard her like live. It wasn't just someone talking about it. It was her voice, and she said that they, like they're like she's like really proud now that she is a grandchild. She had one child, and now she has a grandchild. Right, and she's having a. What does that have to do with him? Well, I don't know. That's that's the point. Why did she ever say something so stupid? Um, well, first of all, what you're what you're saying is one sentence out of context, out of context of everything else she said, and out of context to which that was included no, in her like response. The, the why, why would anyone criticize someone for adopting? I did not the, hear any criticism, and I don't think either of them, I would hope, well, would stoop that I low. Hang think, on. Uh, Nicholas, do you recall any criticism of Senator Sanders and his personal uh, family members by Hillary Clinton? No, I haven't heard anything about this, and uh, I'm surprised in as much as if she had said such a vicious thing, it would have been picked up by, first of all, all the Republicans who hate her to point out what a vicious person she is. So I'm rather surprised. Uh, maybe if you can find a remember with the source, uh, we can track it down. Yeah. But if she merely said, I'm a proud grandmother, uh, that's... It's not implicit criticism of anyone else, as if they're not being a proud grandmother. So, I, no, it's, it's a mystery to me. Yeah, okay. I, I never I, heard that. Uh, I never sorry, heard that. I mean, I, you don't want to. You don't want to like the candidate, fine. But I mean, I I've never heard her attack right. Senator I, Sanders. I, 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 I do not lie about stuff. I actually lived in a convent for a few years, so I'm not making this up. Well, and, and then, but again, if I say I'm a proud mom and you don't have children, that doesn't mean I'm attacking your choice or inability to have children. That means I'm no. a proud mother. Well, this is kind of like a. You know what? You thing. know what? You know what, Helen? 
Can I be very what? honest with you? As a what? woman to a woman? What? You're being the kind of woman that I don't like. And you're being the kind of woman that I don't want America to think that we are. I, I didn't say that. Hillary Clinton said it, not me. You, the fact that you're saying that she's saying that Hillary said, I'm, I'm proud, you know, I have one child and that child's having, you know, that child no, is no, a no. grandchild and I'm a grandmother. I have to be a grandmother. She just said that his grandchildren aren't really his grandchildren. She never like, said that. It, that would yep. be all over the news. Yeah. No, she yeah. never. Uh, uh, no, we will we will find it, it if she says. All right, it, it, it's probably it's probably an NPR or something. Right, it's probably an NPR. Okay. Um, uh, thank, thank you for that, guys. Can you check that out, my crew? I actually did just find it. Hold on. Oh, you did. Oh. Oh. Okay. We, then we hold an apology. Uh, it's hold on. Sorry, I'm trying to do it at the same time. Uh, well, it's on, just. I mean, the point I'm making is why insult the guy for having adopted grandchildren. You know? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's just let's just. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute, uh, guys. I don't know what you found. My crew's saying they found it. No, um, it is actually being reported by Breitbart.com, which is a very, per, very, yes. very, you very. You knew Breitbart, cons- right? Didn't you know Andrew I, Breitbart? I knew, I knew Andrew Breitbart personally. Yes, but Breitbart.com is an extremely conservative Republican anti-Hillary site. The Republicans want Bernie to win. We did find one on Daily Kos also I can send you if you well, want. She did, but she did not say that his, his adopted grandchildren weren't his children or anything like that. I'm seeing the transcript in front of me of what she said. So find find me that that, that you know that she's uh, the, the uh, yeah. What's the killer quote here? Yeah, what's the killer quote? That that being quoted by Breitbart, what's the killer? I really can't imagine. I mean, you know, I mean, the press, of course, are, uh, I'm a member of them. We're an indolent bunch of people, but I mean, I can't imagine that if she'd said something quite as despicable as clearly. I as, found the uh, audio, so maybe we could just play it and let everybody judge. Um, oh, let me well, see well, one sec. One second. It's uh, well, the piece is actually written by somebody I know who's a conservative Fox News contributor. Her name's Michelle Fields. Well, I'm not conservative. Um, no, I understand, but that the, the all the everything I'm seeing online are attacks by conservative media outlets on that. It was on MSNBC, um, oh. and she said that her grandchild is extraordinary. She didn't say; they say she implied that his children aren't his here's the because they're adopted. Says, Here, here's what Bernie. It is. Well, I got, they just have the transcript to it. it says, Bernie oh, Sanders wait, has just, often they, talked about his. This is her. Bernie Sanders has often talked about his extraordinary grandchildren on the campaign trail. And three of his grandchildren are adopted, I believe. The whole, and then that's that's all she said, as far as I know. So but that doesn't that could mean that she is. No, I'm not uh, defending any. I'm just telling you what I found. So, I'm not talking yeah. to you. I'm talking to the listeners. I'm running a talk show. What what I'm, what I'm what I'm saying is, I have an adopted child and a biological child. And do you ever notice, like when they talk about Tom Cruise's first two kids versus Surrey, they always say adopted children. And I got to say, sometimes it annoys me. However, there have been interviews in which people have said Leslie Marshall has two children, one of which she adopted from Pakistan. I don't find that an attack on me or my kids. No, that's praise. That is praise for you. Right, but I don't. I don't. I don't think what she said is not praise. Perhaps she was praising the fact that he has adopted grandchildren. Anyway, uh, the, I, the shortcut here is that there's nothing in that quote that suggests that she exactly. implied somehow that uh, he can't have grandchildren of his own and that she was drawing attention to that as if somehow casting aspersions on his virility at this late stage in his life. Because honestly, if she were attacked... If she were attacking him the way Helen and Breitbart and other conservative outlets are alleging, and not alleging, what they're saying is there was an implication, and to me, an implication is whatever you want to read into something and however you want to spin it in an election year. But I don't, honestly, I would be the first to be all over her for that because I can't stand when people attack other people's family members. I went off when they were trying to attribute Bill's uh, dalliances and Monica Lewinsky to uh, Hillary. So I'm very much opposed to that. And if I had seen anything like that, I would go off. I do not feel what Mark just read was an attack on Senator Sanders, his family, or his grandchildren. Well, Helen, Helen, any other point? Because this is not I, yeah, what I want I, the hour to be about. Okay, the, the we the actually found was... the audio. I'm sorry. It just took forever well, because it was buried. So if you want us to play it, we can. Well, if you read the transcript, the audio is Apparently the they're saying it was not. So we have the actual audio. Who's saying it was not? 
the there's a response to that article. So instead of us, like you what said. What do you mean there's a response? Mark. <laughs> okay. The one I have how many calls Brad on hold? How many call? I can't believe I'm doing this on the air. How many calls on hold? Nicholas is not even on. We haven't even got to the topic Nicholas was brought in to talk about today. Helen's had more than enough time. And Helen, if you have any other comments, I'll, I'll be glad to hear. But Mark, you're saying the transcript is not the transcript. Is that what you're saying? I, I won't start reading research on the air live like this. I, I, I agree. I agree. Why don't you guys listen to it off the air in queue and tell us if you well, think it's it's uh, it varies differently and greatly from what you shared in the transcript, you got and it. if so, we can we can partake. Um, okay, uh, okay go, go ahead, Ellen. Anything else? Yeah. No, the point I'm making is who's hitting below the belt. I don't promise easy answers. I, we can we we can hear your in queue thing there. Okay, go ahead, Helen. Yeah, the point I'm making is who's hitting below the belt. Why do you even mention such a thing? It, it makes no sense, you know? Well, well, quite frankly, I feel Henry Kissinger makes no sense, especially when he's got the youth. And I feel both of them have uh, – I, I, I feel that, you know, I felt that last night. And, of course, you and I view it differently because you're pro-Bernie, I'm pro-Hillary. I felt Bernie came out of the box attacking. His face was red and he was screaming. She was calm. And I definitely felt that uh, he definitely was on the attack. Well, uh, and and I, I did. I felt there were. I definitely felt more blows coming from his direction. So, Helen, in other words, you and I disagree, which makes America wonderful, and why we have the freedom to vote for who we want, even if we're in the same party. Appreciate your call. Uh, let's go. Uh, uh, let's go next to uh, these poor people. Some of them called back last called last hour and called back again. Uh, let's go to Michael in the Bronx line too. Michael, good afternoon. Thank you for joining us. Uh, what was? Uh, what did you want to talk about the debates and? If so, what with regard to the debates? First of all, let me say, wow, that was some exchange there. But um, <laughs> first, first off, the uh, attacks on it was both on Hillary and on Bernie, and it was from the Republicans, and it was in um, comparison to Sarah Palin and her children. But that's another forum. I just want to clear that up. There was no attack from Bernie to Hillary or Hillary to Bernie on a personal matter of that note. But in terms of the debate, and yes, I am pro-Hillary. I do like Bernie, but I honestly feel, and this is what I was trying to explain to you before, Leslie, that he could be viewed maybe as some kind of pushover by these um, Republicans. You know, he, he and Hillary shared the same values and same goals in terms of equal opportunity across the board for especially the middle and low-income households. But unlike Bernie, Hillary has mentioned, and that was the word I was trying to think of before, the barriers that stand in the way of making those accomplishments. She cited about the police abuse. She cited about the Wall Street um, deregulations and unaccountability. And then when you focus on the protests that have gone on in history during the past eight years, you know, with the with the Black Lives Matter, with the Occupy movement especially, and then you're going to compare that with the Oregon situation that just went down before. Republicans have yet to explain as to how the hell they can support something that went down in Oregon in terms of the Bundys clearly armed, being defiant of the law. I, I hear you, Michael. I hear you, Michael. But we're, I, I, today, this hour, I'm, I'm a control freak, and I feel like I'm losing control, and I'm taking it back. We are talking about the Democratic debate last night. There and are no I'm Republicans saying, on that stage. So talk to me about uh, talk to me about the two Democrats that. I were. just love I just love the um, address and the and the audio clip that you played from Hillary beforehand when she spoke about the barriers and the. Uh, and so, pe- and so people know, to- and so people know, because there are people tweeting saying they're pro Hillary, they thought Bernie better, and vice versa. Um, who is your candidate, or have you yet to decide? Which makes me laugh, by the way. I honestly, and Marky Mark, no offense, but I feel that 99.9% of the people that say they're undecided are full of crap, and they just haven't admitted to themselves, or they just don't want to say it out loud. Uh, but well, anyway, I go ahead, Mike. This. I tell you this, my candidate, right? Though I do like Bernie for his own positive stuff, my candidate is Hillary. And, and why is that? I, and because, as I stated, as even though both of them share the same um, opinions and the same concerns as to what this nation needs, Hillary has gone a step beyond in addressing the barriers that stand in the way of accomplishing those goals, and she said okay. she will take on those barriers. Okay, thank I you. I haven't Ma- heard that from um, Bernie. I'm sorry. 
Oh, I got it, Michael. Now, Nicholas, to Michael's point, um, I, 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 I'm pro-Hillary, but I have been very critical and will be very critical of her. I don't feel when she gets shrill, that's good. Unfortunately, it doesn't seem to help women, and you know, I want to ask you about that too. Um, but there are a couple of things. I would really like to hear both of them. Like, honestly, I think it was a legitimate comment and point that Senator Sanders raised with regard to immigration. I mean, especially because he's like, hey, you know, Latinos, you're supporting her. You know, when she was Secretary of State, here's what was done. Um, Not even going to touch upon foreign policy. I don't think anybody could win a debate with that woman, maybe John Kerry. Um, But there are some legitimate areas, not Henry Kissinger, for example, that he could go after Hillary on. One was the war in Iraq, and I, I think she said a really good point, which was a vote then doesn't really help help you know uh, dealing with ISIS now. I thought, you know what, good, let's bring it to the president. That was good. I gave her a point for that. I gave him a point for when he talked about the children, because uh, I feel very strongly about that immigration you know topic uh, being uh, returned. Um, uh, but there are a couple of things. Um, Senator Sanders, one of the people in charge of oversight of the VA, never hear her you know talk about that because I'm talking about. No personal attacks, but just talking about record. And at the end, one of the things that I liked that, to Michael's point, was I felt Hillary had solutions, and she was saying, Bernie, you have a great vision, but I don't see the specifics or the substance and the solutions to bring that dream about, if you will. Nicholas? Yeah, and that's it. You've, you've absolutely reached the nub, not any of the debate last night, but the, but the nub of the whole decision that Democrat. Uh, voters will have to come to when it's their turn to vote in the primary and then in the general election. And that is whether Bernie, for all of his grand, uh, eloquent description of a utopia round the corner, whether that's actually plausible, whether you think it's possible that if in November he's going to take with him a huge tide of the American people who are going to sweep through both House and Senate, which will give him a majority large enough for him to impose what he considers to be no less than a socialist revolution upon the United States, whether that's plausible or, indeed, whether much more um, tedious in a way, much more dull, is Hillary's hard-nosed sort of terrier approach, which is the Trust me, I'm amazingly industrious. My heart is in the right place, and I've been nagging at these problems for some decades now. Of, of those two great choices, for me, it's pretty straightforward what the option should be. I'm very glad there's a lively primary debate. I think it's very good for her. It sharpens her up no end. There's no doubt this, that the notion of a coronation would have been appalling, and uh, she could easily be complacent. So it's very good to get a, 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 a sort of dry run with somebody like Bernie, who for the most part is, after all, on her side. Uh, but when it comes to actually the Democrats choosing, they're going to have to choose between whether they want pie in the sky or they, whether they want uh, a likely ability to make small improvements towards a common goal. And it's uh, to me, so it's simple as that. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be back. More of your calls after this. My great crew. Um, uh, actually, thank you. Uh, uh, my crew found the audio. Let me just share what the audio says uh, just for time. Hillary Clinton, and I guess at the uh, in an interview with MSNBC, and I guess at the end of the day, for me, you know, people talk about their extraordinary grandchildren, but I actually have one, and we're going to do everything we can to give her opportunities. I took it as I am a grandmother, and she wasn't a grand hasn't been a grandmother for a long time. It's, it was her first grandchild. That says because, and I say that because as a talk host, I've had to talk about issues involving children for many, many years before I was a mother. And Mark, you may even remember, because Mark's been with me for 10 years. It's our 10-year anniversary this week. And and, Mar- and we're still not divorced. And and, uh, Mar- Mar- <laughs> and, and and Mark may have even heard me say, you know, and regarding a child, and, and you know, and I am a mother now. Um, I hope she didn't mean it, and I don't take it. I actually am a grandmother. He's not a grandfather. Because I don't think that Hillary Clinton would consider adopted grandchildren not grandchildren at all all because i'm sure it would be a consideration chelsea and her husband would have made her husband comes from i think one of what 10 kids and him having kids and her having more than one child because she was an only child well important to her as she has uh suggested in interviews i'm leslie marshall we will be and by the way we don't know why hillary only had one child she never talks about that 
Um, I think I read somewhere she had a miscarriage. So I don't know if that was before or after Chelsea. So we don't know if it was a choice to have one or if they were not able to have one. I'm Leslie Marshall. Uh, in other words, I, and I don't think she was attacking Bernie with that remark, but maybe somebody who's pro-Bernie would. But at the end of the day, that's not what Democrats should be doing to each other. They should not be attacking each other personally, nor should Helen be attacking Hillary for something she's implying or inferring. Hillary said that Hillary didn't actually say. Hillary never said, I have grandchildren, Bernie Sanders doesn't. And if she did, I'd skewer her for it. We'll be back. Nicholas Wapshot's our guest. We only have a couple more minutes, so we're not going to be able to get to more calls. Um, a couple of quick questions, Nicholas, if we can do this real fast. Um, one, we have today Jay Carney, or yesterday, um, saying that Obama, you know, basically saying that Obama supports Hillary Clinton, but the president hasn't endorsed Hillary. Is this calculated because they're heading to South Carolina, got a lot, a lot of pro-Obama's voters there and in other states, He's a black guy. She's got the black vote. He's helping her to keep it? Yes. In brief, yes. Uh, the fact is that South Carolina, you need the African-American vote to turn out. And it would be premature for Obama to come out in favor of either side. It's really not his duty as the leader of the party to take sides in this. So he's doing the best he can to help Hillary over the line. Uh, so let's see. Okay. Lastly, less than 60 seconds. Democrats upset about superdelegates. I didn't hear anybody complaining when Hillary and Obama were up against each other, and superdelegates were the game uh, then as well. Is this sort of like we're eating our own here? Uh, yeah, well, the superdelegates, which is a mystery, I must say. It's very difficult to understand. But in brief, all sorts of office holders have sort of votes up their sleeves that they can bring out. Most of them by now are already, by, by the way, promised to Hillary. And it's a matter of whether they would change over if there was a sort of uh, head of steam behind Bernie Sanders. You're quite right. Uh, Hillary did exactly the same last time, and she was eventually overtaken by, in superdelegates by Obama. Um, I think it's unlikely to happen this time. I think that uh, she's learned a lot of lessons from uh, eight years ago, and she's put them into effect one of which is holding on to a superdelegates right to the end. All right. Thank you, Nicholas. Have a wonderful long holiday week. And Nicholas Wapshot, follow him on Twitter at nwapshot, W-A-P-S-H-O-T-T. Read his stuff at newsweek.com. 